This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 327, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, December the 2nd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 327. It's our reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, December the 2nd. A uh, bit of housekeeping before we get into today's episode where we look at the releases from last week. Um, next uh, few episodes in the Christmas uh, month or holiday month, uh, depending on what you celebrate. Uh, we should have upcoming interview episodes with uh, a variety of folks. We're just working on some scheduling issues and snafus here and there. Uh, so hopefully in the next month or so, we'll have John Rhett Thomas, otherwise affectionately known as Gormu, on the Marvel Masterworks forum that I frequent and enjoy spending my time. Uh, he will be on an episode, hopefully, to discuss the Marvel Masterworks um program uh, that Marvel has. Uh, also, we should be having an episode soon where we do another Talking Hero Clicks episode, uh, this time with doing an interview with uh, Justin Zoran, the president of WizKids, uh, the company that puts together the Hero Clicks product. Uh, also, uh, coming up, we have episodes that should be uh, interviews with David Marquez, uh, Steve Scorche. Uh My wife has threatened that she's going to do a kind of a a random Christmas episode with me that she's going to apparently quiz me on the air of some sort. I don't really know, but uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Uh, It's been a while since I've had her on the show to actually do a full episode, so I'm excited if that ends up coming to pass. So there's a lot of things in the works, hopefully. Um, But let's jump into some comics, why don't we? Uh, But before we do, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can like the show on Facebook, although I have to admit that the the page has not really been regularly updated for over a year, so I really have to get on that. Maybe that'll be my New Year's resolution for the show. Uh, I also want to discuss some of the friends of the show. Uh, You should really check out the podcast, The Amazing Spider Talk. Uh, it's fantastic uh, podcast as well as supported by a fantastic website called Superior Spider Talk, which I'm actually now a regular contributor. I've been writing reviews. Uh, I've only written one so far. I'm in the process of writing another one. I'm the re- regular reviewer for uh, all new, all different Avengers. Uh, so you should head on over to them to check out their site. It's a great site, great resource. Uh, some great people involved there. Uh, it's run by the fantastic Dan Gvozdan, who has also been on this show two times in the past. I believe episode 298, and he also did a segment on episode 300. Uh, it's also co-hosted by, that podcast is co-hosted by Michael Giannacchio, sorry, Mark Giannacchio, oh my god, uh, who's also an editor at the Superior Spider Talk website. Yes, it's confusing. The website's called Superior Spider Talk, but the podcast is called Amazing Spider Talk. But you should definitely check them out. Um... Anyways, let's just jump in to talk about some comics. And you can listen to us, sorry, on Stitcher, on iTunes. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, etc. Uh, and now, after saying it three or four times, let's get into some comics. Uh, first comic I want to take a look at today is the new issue of Action Comics. Um, I feel like I've been up and down on this book in general. And I feel like at, at first it felt like it really had um, something to say when they started the, the whole uh, Clark not having powers kind of storyline or diminished powers and rocking the t-shirt and, and not having a secret identity. It's kind of gone downhill since then, though. Uh, it's written by, The story is by Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter. Uh, the words by Pak and the pencils by Georges Janty. So Cooter's no longer on art, at least for this issue. Um, so we have a lot of, you know, Clark against the dark, uh, what, Wrath or Wraith or whatever, and the darkness, and I gotta admit, I haven't really enjoyed this whole darkness storyline, um, I think the only interesting part of it is that Vandal Savage's kind of involvement in the, in the overarching plot, other than that, I, 
I just didn't find a lot I really enjoyed about this issue. I like the art. Uh, I thought the art by Jante was good and enjoyable. I generally do enjoy his art, but I just found the story very lackluster. And um, I'm going to give it like a 4 out of 10. I just I don't know if I'd even recommend reading this. It's, it felt like a bit like a slog, and uh, it, it, it has and could and should be much better than this. Uh, next up is All New, All Different Avengers, number two. Uh, spoiler, I'm going to be talking about this in my review, which I am writing right after this podcast. Don't tell Dan. Um, I, I like this issue. Um, you know, I think I liked it a little bit more than the first issue. It still feels like there's a, lot, a bit of kind of random components to it. I'm not really sure about how I like Adam Kubert's art on um, Kamala Khan and Nova. Well, specifically Nova, because Nova is a very... I guess I'm, I'm a big fan of his book, and usually he looks very youthful. And there's a lot of parts here where he didn't really look like Sam. He didn't really seem to have that sense of youth. His his um, his take on Kamala Khan I thought was a little bit more accurate, but I, I thought his artistic take on Nova was a little lacking because she just felt a, he just looked a little old. That being said, I like that we're kind of having the team kind of coming together. Um, it definitely is kind of playing fast and loose and having a kind of a sense of humor to it. Uh, Wade is writing a good book overall. I did think this was an improvement over the first issue. Uh, it's not quite firing at all cylinders, but it's getting there. The interplay between the teammates uh, is working. Um, I, I, I think the strongest aspects of the issue are the Kamala Khan and Nova components in terms of how they interact as characters. I think there's just so much fun stuff there. Um, and as a big fan of both those characters, because I pick up both their books, I, I like their focus here. Miles Morales still—it's still hard to get a, a true handle on Miles, and part of that's not in any way the fault of this comic. It's more the fault that we don't know what his kind of status quo is in the in the Marvel universe. Um, every other character, for the most part, we can kind of wing it because they're not that far removed from the prior. Um, you know, prior to Secret Wars. But with Miles, he's from a completely different reality, so we don't really have a good sense of what he brings to the table in terms of what he's thinking, what he's been through. So that's the only thing that kind of irks me. Um, but overall, I think this was an improvement. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, I think the first issue gave a 7, so I, I think it does qualify as an improvement. Uh, actually, sorry, the first issue gave a 6, so this is an improvement, a big one. Um, it was better. Next up is All New X-Men number one. I feel like this book is divisive. I really liked it, personally. Um, I'm a big fan of Mark Bagley, so I thought him doing kind of an X-Book was uh, very different, but I liked it. Um, brings a certain energy to it and a youthfulness, definitely, because he spent so much time do, um, illustrating young characters in Ultimate Spider-Man, and I think this was actually a nice fit. It's written by Dennis Hopeless, art, as I said, by Bagley. Um... I just thought it was enjoyable, kind of seeing where the where all the uh, the guy all the you know original five minus Gene are up to now. The fact that there's a group out there that's kind of acting um, in trying to kind of act as if they are carrying out the the will of uh, Cyclops. I think they're Cyclops ghosts or something. Um, I I thought they were kind of a cool concept. I like that we kind of see Scott being smart, being the, a detective, and uh, very, very cool. I, I think there's a lot to like here. Um, Pickles is uh, apparently Dennis Hopeless's favorite new character to write, and I can see why. There's just a lot of energy in this comic. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was... It really kind of hit the ground running. Um, instead of feeling like it had to be 
I, I guess part not not a problem, but something that all new X Men definitely did is it had this sense of something momentous had to be happening, and that it was a, a little kind of dark. And you know, you bring these guys from a period of light when everything was happy, and they see how bad the world is, and then it never quite delivered on the promise. And then you have this issue, which I thought it would kind of recaptured. These are young characters. They've they've seen some terrible things, but they're still relatively more innocent in general. And they're kind of out there ha- trying to enjoy their lives, trying to enjoy themselves and have fun. And um, and that's what I got from this issue. And it definitely had a good sense of fun to it. So I, I, I really dug it. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Daredevil number 1. Who boy. Um, you know what? I liked it. It's different, and it definitely makes me think that, like, I, I really hope... Hmm. I'm surprised. I don't even know what my words are. I guess the problem. This, okay, I don't even want to say there's a problem. Charles Sewell writes a good book. Ron Garney's a great artist. They both are doing something a little bit different here. Um, Daredevil definitely feels a little darker. It feels a little bit more, and I know this is intentional, a little darker and a little bit more in step with the with the television show, which was a big hit back in April, and which is having a second season being, I guess, shot or developed now, and it's going to come out, I think, in April again. So I get that. I get that they're going for something specific. My only issue I'm kind of having with this is the stuff we don't know yet. But it doesn't seem like it's going to be all that great potentially. And I'm obviously reading in and and putting feelings and and rating things and reviewing things in a way that maybe isn't fair. So I do apologize in advance to Sewell and Garney. More to Sewell because I don't I don't think Garney needs any apology. His artwork is great. He's not behind necessarily the story. So it's Sewell who maybe deserves a, an apology of me uh, because maybe I'm jumping to conclusions. But so we have a Matt Murdock who's now on the other side. He's not a defense attorney anymore. Now he works for the DA. That's an interesting concept. We've seen that before with Foggy Nelson way back when, but it's cool to kind of see Matt in the other side. The problem is, is that, well, how could this possibly be if everyone knows his identity? Well, that's obviously the big thing. No one does. The only person who knows, seems to know his identity is Foggy Nelson. Now, they're putting the genie back in the bottle. Now, these days, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of these genies have come out of the bottle. I mean, everyone knows who Tony Stark is, and ever since the movies happened, why wouldn't you kind of go with that? Because that's what people who might pick up an Iron Man comic will be most likely be more familiar with, is the idea that he, everyone knows that he's Tony, so they've gone with that. Uh, the idea that everyone knows that Steve Rogers is Captain America, pretty much accepted. It's kind of funny and quaint to read those old comics now where no one knew who he was because we've become so used to it. And, and same for Tony. It's been like, what, 10 years or so since everyone's kind of known that he's Iron Man or a little bit more. So those genies have come out of the bottle and generally it doesn't really impact how they operate. In fact, a lot of ways it just means that the stories are less contrived. Uh, specifically, I'm talking about Iron Man. His stories were always a little contrived because he'd be somewhere as Tony and, oh, my bodyguard's got to be here. And that's not to say that they were good. St- they weren't good stories because there was a lot of good stories with the, that whole premise. But it was a little hackneyed. Uh, and I, I always appreciated the movie kind of said, mm, we're going to do that, but no, because our version of Tony would never actually do that. And the comics have kind of kept in, in keeping with that, although they still did it in, uh, before he, the movies got there. Uh, with Cap, it doesn't really make a huge difference if you know who Cap is. Like He doesn't need a secret identity in the same way. He's had one in the past, but again, he's not a character who intrinsically needs one. Now, a character like Daredevil, in order to care about... I mean, see, Cap has been able to have a personal life, more or less, but with people still knowing who he is. Uh, part of why that works, too, is he has no loved ones. I mean, that... 
all the loved ones he has, to, uh, not to say he isn't loved, uh, are generally like S.H.I.E.L.D. agents or Avengers, you know, people in the biz, t- t- um, typically. Whereas with a character like Daredevil, there's a large history of, first of all, his main job, because Captain America's Captain America, he's worked for S.H.I.E.L.D., he's done other things, but they're all kind of in the same field. Iron Man, his job doesn't really end up impacting him, in fact, it just kind of makes it simpler. With Daredevil, his job was a lawyer, so you can't just be a lawyer and also be a vigilante. Those just things don't really work together. Um, unless you, in they, in the Mark Wade run, they obviously kind of showed how they could work in certain ways if everyone kind of knew about it and was very on board, above board, I should say. So now we have this new Daredevil where everyone doesn't know, and the big, and that's fine. It's just how how did they get the genie back in the bottle? I don't think pop people have as much of a problem with the genie going back in the bottle because at at some point you got to think, well, how. What are new stories going to be like? It's it's always going to be very different, and I think that's exciting from a reader's perspective, and also exciting from a uh, a writer's perspective if you know how to what to do with it or how to work it. But if you don't, or just want to go back to the old ways, it's really hard to do. So how do you come up with a convincing way? Now Daredevil doesn't really have a marriage deal away to the devil. Although that being said, him making a deal with Mephisto would actually almost make more sense than Spider Man because he's had more dealings with Mephisto. Regardless, and in fact, he's made out with Mephisto, which is a whole other weird, creepy thing. Uh, if anyone wants to know more about that, let me know and I'll make it a subject of an episode. Not specifically why he made out with Mephisto, but that general era by Nan Nascenti and John Romita Jr. Anyways, so the question is, well, how did this happen? And so we get like a hint here that like he that Daredevil did something and chose that Franklin still knows his identity. So, which kind of a selfish dick move, but Daredevil's always kind of been a selfish dick at times. So, how did this happen? Now, I guess coming into this, I kind of wondered, well, maybe as part of this end of Secret Wars, one of the things that would come out of it was that no one knows who Daredevil is anymore. Who knows how or why, but it's just one of the things that didn't end up going back uh, the way it was originally supposed to. That's fine. That's kind of how I thought it might have happened. Instead, we didn't get that, and... um, yeah, instead we didn't get that. We just get this vague illusion that he did something. Anyways, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. That being said, the issue itself is great. The art is very strong. Uh, I really dug it. It was, it was a good read. Um, it's just that one thing that kind of makes me go, eh. 8 out of 10. The art is brilliant. Um, very stylistic. Very cool. Garney's doing some amazing work. Let me move on from Daredevil. I've spent way too long on Daredevil. Uh, we have Extraordinary X-Men number 3. Uh, this is the, again. It's supposed to be the flagship X book, and it's not quite working for me as the as the flagship. And it doesn't really feel extraordinary. It's okay. Jeff Lemire writing it. Humberto Ramos as the penciler. Um, a lot of this issue is the faculty of I guess or people at X Haven fighting off the hordes of Limbo because something happened to Magic. As well as we have Gene talking to Logan, trying to kind of convince him to be part of this team, and then they end up taking a trip to X Haven, and hopefully they'll be able to help protect. Uh, X-Haven from um, you know the forces of Limbo okay it's okay it's not great it's enjoyable but again it's not quite working for me Um, again it's only okay I'm going to give it a 6 I mean it's not a bad issue but it doesn't really make me excited it doesn't really make me want to go I need to read the next issue really badly whereas with an issue like um Reading all new X Men, I definitely felt like, oh, I want to read what happens next. I really, I'm enjoying this tale of these characters. 
Uh, even with Old Wolverine, I'm, I'm only mentioning these because on the last page it says, uh, you know, for more excitement, check out these issues. And it mentions Old New X-Men, Old New Wolverine, and Uncanny X-Men. So Old New Wolverine, I'm excited because it feels like there's like a, a quite a cool intrigue and I'm really enjoying how the character is being written. There's something there for me. There's something that makes me say, I want to pick up the next issue. Extraordinary X-Men number three didn't feel like it had that hook, that thing that made me think, man, I really got to read this next issue as soon as possible. Um... Then we got, next up is Green Lantern 47. Uh, I didn't really care for this myself. Written by Robert Venditti. Uh, artwork by, let's see, Martin Cocolo and Billy Tan. Billy Tan does the first two pages and the last two. Um, it's only okay. I'm going to give this, like, middle of the road. It's like a five. Hal goes home and hangs out with his family and tries to protect his family when something bad happens that has nothing that, you know, that, that anyways, if something happens that's bad and is it even... I can't even remember what... Like, it's it's very non-memorable. Uh, the only kind of interesting thing is the very last page when we see... It looks like Parallax is back. We don't know why or how, but he looks cool. Um, that's about it. I'm going to give this a five. It, it, was, it wasn't that memorable, and the, the, the story wasn't that interesting. It just kind of lacked. Uh, next up is Invincible Iron Man number four. Uh, great artwork by David Marquez. The story by Bendis is all right. It's not... My favorite Iron Man story, but it's an interesting one in terms of you know you have. Um, anyways, it's it, it is it, it's 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 humming along. It's doing well. It's kind of an interesting concept of you know Tony being Tony and going to you know hang out with some kids and bring them an armor to hang out with and and put on and uh, Doctor Doom's there and you know it, it's okay. It's humming along. The Whitney Frost element could be a little stronger. I think. Um, the end of the issue, I don't really see why we needed MJ here, but whatever, she's here, she's in Chicago now, why not? It, it was okay. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. It's not quite firing on all cylinders, but it definitely is an enjoyable book, and I think in trade it will read really well. Uh, next up is Nova number 2. Love this book. It's a lot of fun. Um, obviously we don't really know what's going on with Sam Alexander's supposed dad. Obviously we know he's not. It's written by Sean Ryan, artwork by Corey Smith. Um, really like the art. Really makes it feel like this is like a, a very young character. Um, the parts with uh, Sam's quote unquote dad with like, the face kind of like off his like the face, the face that he's been wearing of Jesse Alexander is kind of like moving around on his actual face. Like it's creepy as fuck. Um, I really enjoyed it. Cool ending. Um, yeah, no, I, I love this book. It feels like a very youth oriented book and. Uh, in, in fact, perhaps more now than before, and I don't even know why that is, but there's just some something very youthful and enjoyable about it. I really dug this. I'm going to give it an 8. Next up is Red Wolf number 1, which, if you've not read 1872, the miniseries, I don't think it'll make a lick of sense. Uh, it's written by Nathan Edmondson, our break, Dalibor Talajic. Um, it's really interesting. Cool Red Wolf stories. He's the sheriff of Timely now, and him kind of... Uh, out and about, and he ends up going up against the kind of a crazy villain, and then he ends up, you know, in the in present day. Um, I don't, th- I don't think it's really that new reader friendly. If you didn't read eighteen seventy two, if you did, I think it's a solid read, uh, seven out of ten. And last but not least, we have Star Wars issue thirteen. This is the what, third chapter of Vader Down. Um, I enjoy this a lot. Written by Jason Aaron, artwork by Mike Diodato. Um, I loved that. Um, oh shit! Now I forget his name. The evil C three PO. Triple zero. Uh, I love that you know how he got the the um, uh, the jump on what's his name on Vader. It's not Vader. Uh, Luke. Um, 
Uh, they're kind of searching for uh, Luke here to try and save his life. I love how R2-D2 is, is still a badass. I love that uh, Chewbacca is a badass too. I like Defara and Han kind of going up against each other, which was enjoyable. Um, a little sad that Triple uh, Zero got his arms ripped off like that, but it is what it is. Um, very, very, very enjoyable and excited uh, to see what the next chapter will bring, especially that last page uh, with Darth Vader confronting Leia. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. Solid read. Good storyline so far. Although, not a lot of Vader here. But that's okay. Uh, and then some of the highlights of books I didn't get a chance to read this week include uh, new issues of Barbed Wire, Batman Beyond, Cyborg, uh, Prez, the launch of the Robin War storyline, uh, new issue of Teen Titans, Donald Duck, All Known Humans, number one, is the big launch, uh, new issue of Doctor Strange with the launch of Gardens of Infinity, as well as Spidey, which I have not heard great things about and I haven't had a chance to read yet, as well as the launch of Totally Awesome Hulk and new issue of Vision, and that's issue number two. Uh, if we look forward to uh, this coming week, or from when I'm recording, two days from now, on the 9th of December, I've got some good books coming out. Um, from uh, Dark Horse, we've got Rebels number 9. From DC, new issue of Batman by Snyder. Uh, we've got the um, new issue of Grayson, which is part of Robin Moore. New issue of Gotham Academy, which is part of Robin Moore. New issue of Detective Comics, which is part of Robin Moore. Red Hood and Arsenal, which is Robin Moore. Like, that's a lot of Robin Moore issues all at once. Uh, the next issue of Telos which is all right. Uh, the third issue of Back to the Future is coming out next week, or this coming week, I should say. Uh, the new issue of Mickey Mouse, as well as the Star Trek Ongoing, and sixth issue of Star Trek Green Lantern. Uh, from Image Comics, we've got new issue of um, Stray Bullet, Sunshine and Roses coming out. New issue of Birthright. Walking Dead is a issue, he hits issue 149. And the uh, last... Uh, hopefully great issue of We Stand on Guard, which is issue number six. And then over at Marvel, we've got uh, Onu Hawkeye number two, Amazing Spider-Man number four, Black Knight number two. Uh, this is a big deal. The Black Panther by Christopher Priest Complete Collection, volume one, which is a big deal. Very cool. Uh, new issues of Contest of Champions, Deadpool, Guardians of the Galaxy. We've got the Gwenpool Special number one, the hardcover oversized, uh, sorry, Hawkeye Oversized Hardcover Volume 2, uh, Hercules Number 2. I'm really excited about this because the first issue was just, I loved it. So I cannot wait for the second issue. Infinity Gauntlet, Shape Paperback, War Zones. Uh, we've got uh, a Maximum Carnage Marvel 92 by Diodato poster, which is cool because that's their big kind of theme right now. The launch of Scarlet Witch Number 1, uh, Secret Wars Number 8. Uh, wow, it's finally happening. Although the issue number 9 is until January 6th. Uh, Spider-Gwen number 3, Spider-Man 2099 number 4, the trade paperback for Squatch and Sinister, a uh, new issue of Ultimates, we've got the Star Wars Annual, which it looks like is not connected to Vader Down, and we got the third issue of Uncanny Avengers. Uh, so that's everything coming out this coming week. Unfortunately, it looks like Klaus, or Claus, isn't coming out for a while, as it's no longer uh, has a solicited date, but hopefully soon, because I freaking love the first issue. Anyways, that has been our reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, January, uh, Wednesday, December the 2nd. So thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and uh, stay tuned for our great uh, lineup of new episodes coming out this month in December. Thanks once again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>